Sounds like dear God of my funnies Halloween episode. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Oh, so good. How are you? Fantastic. <laughs> favorite, my favorite uh, holiday is coming up, so I'm very excited. What's your favorite holiday? Halloween. It is? Yeah. So ever, forever? Um, yeah, I mean, look, when you're a kid, mm. you get to go out and get free candy. You get to get dressed up. And, uh, and get to be somebody you're not. You get to be somebody you're not. Um, and I think as a kid, I started to develop real, like, traditions mm. with Halloween. And I think, you know, when it comes to religion, it comes to holidays, it comes to festivals, whatever it is, it's the, uh, the repetitiveness of a custom yeah. ends up becoming the thing. Mm-hmm. So growing up, we uh, grew up in Queens. Oh. And there's like two things that we used to do. So my good friend, his name is also Eric, Eric Finkelstein. And we would uh, spend a lot of Halloweens trick-or-treating together. Sometimes the play was going the day after Halloween. Ooh. We did that for a number of years in a did row. Did you call it something different? We called it Halloween the next day. <laughs> Sometimes it was it's like a Tuesday. A bad, it's like a bad it sequel. A um, and uh, the theory was uh, everybody's going to have leftover candy. Right. That they're going to want it. So we're going to do a, a service to the community and we're going to get all that candy. That is smart. Now, do you think we could turn this into something? I had, I, I've recently worked with the Halloween Association. They were trying to create a new holiday called the Halloweekend where it was three days of Halloween festivities. They've been pushing this for a while. But all weekend. All weekend. So does this go along with the, we don't want our kids trick-or-treating during the week anymore? I think they're like, let's make this as big as we can, make it the festivities more fun, and just add three days to the process. So yeah, a little both. I like the idea of multiple day. Well, I don't know, actually. I'm thinking about it. And I think the lead up to having the one night where it all happens, mm. that's the big payoff. That's the big payoff. You know, um, growing up, you know, being Jewish, we don't have big payoff <laughs> because we're doing holidays for eight days. Yeah, you got that Hanukkah. Hanukkah, Passover, everything's. And then there's some of them are you think they're one day and they're actually multiple days. You know, there's Sukkot and Purim, and then there's uh, there's all the, and then there's how it's celebrated in Israel, and, and it's like there's no one big payoff of Ooh, a day, and no. when it is one big payoff, it's Yom Kippur. It's the worst day. <laughs> it is the least exciting. We're gonna repent. We're gonna not eat. Like that's the big payoff day, and with holidays like Halloween or Christmas. There's so much great lead up. There's TV specials. There's decorations. There's anticipation. You know, with Halloween, there's the costumes. You know, like, what are we going to do? The decorating. Oh, my God. And, and you see it building around the neighborhoods. And then there's the one day where everyone's out. And it just explodes. And then there's the day after where Eric Finkelstein and I go <laughs> scoop up all the rest of that candy. You can't help but extend. You like to, uh, it's just in you. <laughs> and now you can't do it because um, there's things like my father-in-law 
uh, great guy. He um, runs an organization called Concern Foundation, raises mm. money for cancer research. And they work with Children's Hospital in, in Los Angeles. And so now uh, it's uh, collect all your leftover Halloween candy, and we're going to donate it for... Ooh. You know the kids and the holiday parties they do, and the and these kids are going through cancer treatments. So now I f- would feel guilty <laughs> going out the next day. I'm going to go get all this candy for myself. Now we got to donate it for for kids with cancer, which is a great thing. But in the in the 80s and in the in the 90s when I grew up, I mean we weren't considering that stuff. It was it's a free for all. Let's get back out there. I think there needs to be a scary movie called Halloween the next day. The next day. There's something there. People taking down decorations. Maybe uh, there's a ghoul this guy's, that's real upset. Yeah, real wants it he, to keep going. Keep it going. So that's, it starts murdering everybody who's taking down their day. De- there's something here. There's something. Maybe not. But um, <laughs> so that was one of the big traditions was the going out the day after. Um, and, uh, you know, the other was uh, we would go to Eric Finkelstein's house. We lived a block and a half from each other mm-hmm. in, Qu- in Queens. And um, the move was after trick-or-treating, which, by the way, we did up until we were like 18 years, way past when we should have been doing it. <laughs> and we would, uh, his mom would order us a pizza. Beautiful. And we would watch uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors. Perfect. And so the Simpsons uh, Treehouse of Horrors has such a huge... Um, place in my heart when it comes to the holiday. And they Halloween. were they were extra special. It's like they put a little more thought in, into those episodes. You know, they're they're creative, they're funny, they're they lean totally in to Halloween in a way that I know you uh, <laughs> what I've known you love leaning into this. I'm a big fan. And I think it goes uh, it's connected to that uh, being somebody else for a day, allowing you to get crazy and wild everybody around you is doing that um and uh yeah like it i like to take it up so what was it like in indiana it was not like what you there was that lead up but uh i mean very traditional go around the neighborhood trick-or-treating stuff nothing they they went pretty crazy with the uh the haunted houses they would uh they would be massive, like they would take a Walmart and change it into a haunted house. And so you're in a, a complex where you're being scared so bad that you're peeing your pants. And they, they don't care what age you are. They're letting you in. And they're going to make you think your head's going to get cut off. That is, the, by the way, that's a regular grocery store in Queens. Oh, yeah, that's just normal. <laughs> <laughs> you going to... You go into you go into Wallbaums, you don't know what's happening. And my dad had a friend, his name was Gary Rittenhouse, and he made uh, he was a pyrotechnician for independent films in Indiana. And this guy uh made robotics. He was kind of those uh, old 80s like waxy Halloween guys. He would be hired to do these for these uh massive Halloween things and he hired me when I was 12 to work one of his Halloween things. And that's when I got the bug. Cause when you start to scare people, you really feel a lot of power and it was timed. It's set up. So you know that right when this person comes around the corner that you're going to scare the shit out of them. And so he included me and my brother in that as kids. And we got to really get, get a good taste of what it was like. 
What do you What do you like about scaring people? Why? What does that give you? You know, and you and I have talked about this offline. Mm-hmm. We, is this online or is this air? This is I, air. I don't know yeah, what I a think we're going with. Is. I don't think a podcast is. We're air. in air. On air? I think it's line. Online air. We're online. On airline. <laughs> offline air. <laughs> we we talked about scaring, and in particular, I know like you like to scare people. I do, and I married a woman who's highly against it, and my daughter loves it, and I've scared my daughter so bad that she immediately started crying. And there's what do you do? We, don't just skip over the... So we have a swing door in our house, and I stood behind the swing door, and I was listening to my wife and daughter talk about nonsense, and I just... Sh- touched the door so that it would shut on its own. And I immediately heard them go quiet. And they were like, what the fuck? (laughs) And then Annie came over and shut the door. So I'm hiding behind it and they can't see me. And now they're like, what happened? And they start questioning and their brains are racing. And I hear them come around and I just blast that door open when I know that they're not going to get hit. And uh, my daughter immediately started crying. And it's one of her favorite memories. Was she crying and laughing or just crying? Like pure fear, questioning life, her existence, um, weeping, and uh, fell on the floor. And when I say that, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. But it's one of her favorite memories. And so there's this weird thing that happens. Well, it probably becomes a favorite memory because in the end it was you. Right. Yes. So now she knows it's it's a joke. I had a similar, um, and I don't know why I did this. I don't know why we as adult males feel <laughs> this, uh, you know, inclination that we should scare. Right. Let's that it's so fun. Let's scare. Um, my, uh, I was getting my son. He's six years old. We're getting ready so uh, he could go shower. I was going to shower as well. So I'm like in a towel. And um, I had to go get something from his closet. And he was in his bathroom, which was attached to his bedroom. And he didn't know I went into his closet. And then he he walked (laughs) in his room past the closet and then sees me. And I just cover my body as if I'm I'm scared. And I scream (laughs) at the top of my lungs. And he bursts out laughing screams and cries all at the same time. And the only thing when I then explain that um, instinctually I felt I needed to scream and frighten him is my wife saying to me, what the fuck is wrong with you? Can you give us an example of the the, scream? It was like, oh! It was like a, oh! (laughs) And... (laughs) And um, so it was a weird, strange scream. And my wife is like, your only instruction was to get this kid showered. And you've now ruined the day. I've ruined him emotionally for probably many years. And I don't think he'll look back on it as a happy memory either. Because all he (laughs) did after he finished his scream, laugh, and then just went into the crying was him questioning over and over again why I would do this to him. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a sense of immediate power that rushes over you when you do scare somebody. And uh, if your intentions are in a good place, I think it uh, it ends up winning the, winning the day. So now, 
as we've be as, as we've grown up, people can't see me doing the air quotes. Um, <laughs> Halloween takes on obviously different forms, but you have, and we've talked on this podcast with you know, writers and actors and you know standups and, and people in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, now, where I've kind of kept it as part of just my private life and celebrating and and all that you've taken it Derek to a a different level because Mm -hmm. you've made it part of your journey in comedy and entertainment yeah and it all started with my daughter loving Halloween at a very young age and liking scary stuff like very creepy masks with like dripping blood and stuff so it was like oh she's got an affinity uh, out the gate for this and every year she really, she would pick three costumes and really dive into it. And when we would go trick-or-treating, I realized it was the same songs over and over that I was trick-or-treating to. So I was like, gosh, we need some updated songs. And uh, what, what are some of, uh, of those kind of traditional Halloween songs? What are some you got of your good thriller, ones? your ma- monster mash, somebody's watching me. Um, and then it get, branches off. If there's like the word, witch. somebody's watching me, by the way, that's Michael Jackson's cousin Rockwell. And I think he's related to the Jacksons. And I think there's and then Eddie, so- Eddie Murphy sings in it. No, no. no Michael Jackson. Sings Michael in Jackson it. is the back backup vocal. Maybe Eddie Murphy has nothing to do with it. I don't know. I don't think he did. He did party all the time. Party well, well, I know all the time. he. Yeah, I know he did that. I think that's the only thing he touched. Anyway, we uh, noticed that there wasn't any songs, and at the time, I was recording an album, and pitched it to Warner Brothers. And in the room was uh, Adam Sandler's music supervisor. We had a song called "Thrust" on there that was co- uh, a, leaned a little spooky. And it was about dating a vampire in this beautiful city of L.A. And it and it's called Thrust. Thrust. It's like thrusting in two different, you know, the spike into her heart. A spike or is it a stake? It could be a penis as well. We don't know. <laughs> okay. But uh, it's. I think it's a stake. It's a stake. It's a stake. Yeah. And uh, he heard that and was like, oh, I like that. Do you guys have any other Halloween music? And we were like, oh, we can make you one. And that's when we made a happy Halloween because I realized there was Merry Christmas, there was Happy Birthday, but I had never heard a song called Happy Halloween. And that's what everybody says. And we made that, and Adam Sandler put it in Hubie Halloween. I got to tell you something. This is like sitting with John Lennon. (laughs) (laughs) You sit there there and you say, I'm just trying to, the creative process. Nobody has written a song, Happy Halloween. Correct. And then, so no, there's no Happy Halloween song. I think there's some, like, kids ones where it's like, and then there was a ghost and it walked in yeah, the room. Yeah, yeah. Happy Halloween. Like, silly. Well, that was pretty good. Thank you. That's, that's the that's that their next single. Song? Is that a, <laughs> I like that one. They're very, and it's got, like, you know, like, the, I don't know, little kid toy uh, instruments. All right, so you, you write you write a Happy Halloween song. Yeah. And Adam Sandler's music supervisor is sitting in the room. He wants he wants you guys to do another. And who's you guys, by the way? So it's D-Bone it's and The Remains. And Who Remains? The Remains were uh, Tim Young and Sandy. 
and they were dads at the school I was at. And we were, they're both incredible musicians, and we started chatting about it, and we came up with something, and it started to flow pretty smooth. And um, So when you, when you create D-Bone and the Remains, <clears throat> is, is the intention, this is a Halloween band? Well, first, we made this Halloween song to just see if they liked it, and then they, and they when it. they accepted, it was like, oh, you need a band name. So I was doing D-Bone already, and then they were the band, The Remains, and uh, we went through about Genius 100. Again. Genius again. <laughs> Nobody has said Happy Halloween for a song. I'm D-Bone. They're The Remains. We stayed up all night and came up with D-Bone and The Remains. We were with, uh, my f- other favorite was D-Bone and the Wolf Bats, because if you've seen a wolf bat, I didn't know it was real. Yeah. Wolf absolutely. bats are like four feet tall. They look like wolves with wings. It's the scariest looking thing I've ever seen. So I was like, well, let's go with D-Bone and the Wolf Bats because that's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Surprising there aren't more sports teams called, called the yeah. Wolf Bats. Yeah. And I think if I ever uh, do a uh, different Halloween B-side thing, maybe I'll go with D-Bone and the Wolf Bats. Yeah. So you've got D-Bone and the Remains. After a, a, a long journey to come up with this, yeah. this band name, you you have a happy Halloween song. So they and I think you said so they put it in Hubie Halloween. Adam the, Sandler, Adam Sandler movie. He falls in love with it. He's singing it on set. There's videos of the cast dancing to it. They put it in the credits. They put it in the movie two times. It's like oh, this is amazing. And then Warner Brothers is like, uh, I think you guys should do an EP. So do four more songs. And we'll release it for you. And so we did a full EP called Happy Halloween. So when uh, when you hear that Adam Sandler, who's, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say love him or, or don't love him. He is a massive uh, star, yeah. in, in, especially in comedy. I mean. Uh, and, and he's singing your Halloween song. The cast is singing it. They're sticking it all over. Um, is it an award-winning film? What, yeah, Netflix, when when did he didn't get... get the Oscar, he said, okay, if I don't get an Oscar, I'm going to make another shitty film. This was the shitty film. Oh. But I think it turned out great. Yeah, I, I actually have a number of friends who were like, "If you, you have to watch Hubie Halloween because it's a fun Halloween oh, yeah. movie. Um, Family so, friendly. So you've got this song, you've got Adam Sandler loving it, and now you've got is Warner Brothers mm-hmm. telling you to put out an EP and they're going to promote it. What's going through your head? Well, a lot of joy. My The first song I ever learned on guitar was Seven Foot Man by Adam Sandler. So I was like, oh my God. I never, never really thought of doing a career in music. So this felt like just another extension of uh, the comedic world or any entertainment that I had done before. So I was like, Oh my God, I I was very shocked and surprised that it was happening. And then I found it to be extremely rewarding and my daughter loved it. And it was just so amazing to fall into this world. And then the community of Halloween people are the best. They embrace it. What is the community of Halloween people? They are, they dedicate their lives to Halloween year round. They immediately, when Halloween's over, they start a countdown and they want everything Halloween. So if you do Halloween, they will embrace you 
wholeheartedly. They do, uh, you know, conventions. There's uh, conventions all around the world. And then there's people in other countries that love Halloween, but they don't celebrate it there. So they're like, oh, my God, will you please come here and play? Will you do this? Will you? So did you start playing a lot of these conventions? No, we just we the next year we got uh, the Halloween Association of America, which I didn't know was a real thing. Oh, yeah. Very powerful. Very powerful. Uh, They reached out and they wanted it to be the national song for Halloween coming back from COVID because they were like, we want people out trick-or-treating again and they got these three tiktok dancers to do a whole dance routine for getting back to halloween and uh they did a big campaign and they sent us to las vegas and we were going to play but covid was still happening so they ended up canceling it and we've only uh really done one performance uh here in toluca lake so um actually i this is a good time we should play some of the song A funky zombie that doesn't speak A broken bride with blood in her hair But nobody cares, nobody cares The boogeyman has bugs in his teeth A pirate pulls a sword from its sheath Frankenstein is out of his mind And all I want to do is trick or treat <laughs> so uh, so then we come back amazing. from the Halloween Association stuff, blowing our minds, and uh, then... Well, let's just talk about we just heard some of the song. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's... I, I, I think what you hit on the head is that there's like a handful of well-known Halloween songs, and there's not a lot of innovation in that space where you look at Christmas music, and I love Christmas music, and there are great classic Christmas songs, but there's new ones. And you know, like every decade, it seems like there's a few new ones introduced into the pantheon of Christmas Mm -hmm. music. And we don't have that with Halloween. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like Shark Tank. You know, I saw uh, an issue in the world and I've created something to fix it. And in this case, it's a happy Halloween song. Yeah, and luckily we uh, live in a community where there's a lot of musicians that made songs for Christmas. Like some of the top Christmas songs were made in Toluca Lake, and there's plaques of where the writer lived and whatnot. And I was thinking when we were making this, Happy Halloween is, uh, if we're going to go into this field, the first song you got to start with is like Merry Christmas. So uh, that's why partly I wanted to do Happy Halloween. So is... The hope that 20, 30 years from now, Happy Halloween becomes one of those monster mash, like it's just part of the ethos of Halloween. Yeah, and when we walked out of the recording space, I was like, this song is going to buy me a beach house. It was very um, 
powerful and like how did this song not exist before we walked into this room it, what are the other three songs you record for the ep we did uh, afraid of the night which is now on hocus pocus 2 or in that beautiful movie um i'm a spook you up chili creep which i never cooked chili but one of the band members always cooked chili for halloween so he was like we got to do it's a song a typical about chili. halloween yeah i, I wouldn't is I would, he giving that out at his house I guess he does. Come on, kids, everyone. Yeah. That, <laughs> no chocolate bars this year, but we've got a hearty bowl of chili for it, you. It didn't make sense to me, but I was like, all right, to each their own. And then uh, there's one more on there. I forget. So you put this out, um, and then, as you just mentioned, one of the songs ends up now on Hocus Pocus 2, which just came out on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And Hocus Pocus, huge cult following the original movie. Um, and, you know, they're remaking a lot of things or doing sequels or legacy sequels. All, all these things are getting made on, on these, you know, old IPs, and Hocus Pocus 2 comes out. Now, when news starts to, you know, get it around the industry that a movie like Hocus Pocus 2 is getting made, do you guys lobby to get a song in a movie like that? When there are Halloween movies in production, are you guys like, we're, we're doing Halloween music. Right. Let's get it in there. Or do the producers contact you? It's, it's always a little mysterious. Um, but the Halloween Association woman, Anisha, I think she was like, they're shooting Holo Hocus Pocus 2 in Salem. Uh, do you want me to reach out? Because I'm doing some. She was helping with the costumes, I think. Uh, getting candy, getting, you know, whatever from whatever company. Hey, we're recording in here. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just broke a dish. I think a dish was broken. Um, Who could that be? That would absolutely be your wife. My wife? Or mine. I think my wife left a while ago. I think she's still here. No way. That can't be. Anyway. But they would do whatever they could to uh, interrupt the, yeah. the recording. They love it. Yes. So we, yeah, I think they were, she was assisting there and she met the music supervisor and was like, oh, you guys got to hear this band, D-Bone and the Remains. And that's when I think the bug got into the ear of the music supervisor. And so it went from Happy Halloween and Hubie Halloween to the TikTok dancers to the Halloween Association and then to the music supervisor of that. And then there's people, Warner Brothers, that house all the music. And so if yeah. somebody's like, hey, I need Halloween music, they've got a file. They just send them, and we're on that file. And then so, they go through. And now uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm remembering, but you you actually you have two songs yeah. in Hocus Pocus. Ghosted two. and Afraid of the Night. So is Ghosted, uh, so Afraid of the Night's on the D-Bone and the Remains EP. Is Ghosted a new song? Ghosted was a single from last year. And we were going to release two songs a year. And this year we had two in the in the books ready to go. And then stuff happened with the band and it got, we're taking a sabbatical. I don't know if we want to talk about that right now. but You don't have to, but I think it'd be more interesting to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, <clears throat> bands aren't easy. The Beatles couldn't stay together. Yeah. I mean, is there much hope for D-Bone and the Remains? You know, uh, <laughs> Lorne Michaels got on SNL 
uh, and offered, uh, I believe it was $3,000 or three, four, if the Beatles would just show up on SNL and reunite and play. Um, do you think that's in the future? If, if, if you're taking a sabbatical, Lorne Michaels goes on SNL and says, we need a Halloween, happy Halloween song. I, I, I don't see it in the future. Yeah, I don't either. I see <laughs> me personally doing certain things. Like so I, I so could, breaking out on your own Halloween. I'm going solo. So, solo. Solo. Halloween. Solo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, have you started already thinking about what direction that goes in and. Is it providing Halloween music just for the holiday, or is it with hopes that there's more Halloween productions coming out there? I mean, there's so many opportunities. Um, I think I like an animatronic band. Yeah. Because then you can always show up anywhere, anytime without rehearsals. And I think what's what's tough is rappers have that. you got a DJ... And the rehearsal process is just really lies with the one individual that's singing. And when you got rock and roll band and you got all the guitars and whatnot, it can be difficult because you can feel like performing, but then you got to get them ready. And there's a whole big process to get that going. So I was like, oh, we're in this time now where you got to be quick and fast. And I was like, oh, this is a good opportunity to do something new. And if you got the songs recorded, you could just jump up anywhere and go. So... When thinking about, you know, we're talking about Halloween and scares and, and but this being a comedy podcast and, you know, Hubie Halloween, obviously in that spectrum of funnier Halloween movies, you know, there I think about when I was a kid, Ernest Scared Stupid, oh, great that. Halloween great. movie. Um, but is there space to write Halloween music for an actual scary horror film uh, a, a nightmare on elm street absolutely i did a song for hellraiser not the latest one uh that was my first introduction to the, a halloween world and it was a metal punk song called don't fuck with us and <laughs> what hellraiser is that in it's like the one before this one so and this is the one that i probably haven't seen no and like a cop, along with most of the other ones besides the first one, a cop's going in to save somebody in this demonic world, and in the background you hear "Don't fuck with her" or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it was great. Beautiful. It was fun. So there's room for it. Absolutely. Um, but because a lot of those movies, you know, you think of the movie Halloween, right? And it it's iconic. The yeah, the composed music. And for did it. you know where that that came from? It was uh, a warm up technique on the piano that he learned as a kid. John Carpenter. Really? That was his warm up technique from his piano teacher, and <laughs> that's. And then it becomes the it, most terrifying music yeah. in the history of time. <laughs> You're like, damn. So make sure you get to those piano lessons. What's uh, your favorite Halloween costume that you've ever worn? I wore, my uncle did this when he was a teenager and he won a big award. It's a flasher. And what you do is you take two pantyhoses and put like stuffed socks in there and you wrap it around a huge dildo and you put a, a big wig of some kind, preferably an afro, that would be the pubes. And you, you make your 
Johnson, massive. And then you put the flasher outfit on, and then he put rubber bands around his knee so it looked like he was fully dressed. He cut pants at the knee and then wrapped them so that when he walked into a room, he looked like he was fully suited and then, you know, has the trench coat and the whole nine. But then when he opens up, he's fully naked with a massive Johnson. So he did this and told this story to me as a kid, and I thought it was the funniest thing. How he, old were you when you hear this story? I'm probably 12 or 13. My uncle wasn't much older than me, so he he probably didn't know better well, to share this story. What was he, 15? I, mean? I, I, think, I think he was about eight or nine years older than me, so he's in his 20s doing this, and he a news reporter was doing the event, uh, and they had a costume contest, and when it came to him, they were like, oh, my God, what are you? And he pops this open, and the whole uh, bar or wherever <laughs> he was starts losing it, and he starts whipping the newscaster live on TV with this huge dildo. And I thought that was the greatest thing. So I tried it um, when I got of age, and the climate had completely changed And from 1980. Oh, you think? Something to... The 90s when? when I was like, oh, this didn't work at all. And girls were screaming and they were like, who the fuck do you think you are? It went from playful and fun to yeah, yeah, who. Yeah. So that was probably my favorite costume, but didn't work out too well. So not executed well. I, I had a traumatic uh, experience because I'm still thinking about it. When I was in kindergarten. Um, my mom got me a mummy costume. Mm. Uh, and when I'm thinking back on it, it was like, it, it was like an apron and a bonnet <laughs> with, with, I know it's like an apron and a bonnet with mummy and then like printed on mummy wrapping with like things coming out of the mummy's wrappings and it would glow in the dark, which was useless during the day when I had to wear it to school right. in kindergarten. And so I'm wearing an apron and a bonnet. And um, it, we had, uh, I remember they would have rest time for us in kindergarten. And um, some of the older kids, fifth or sixth graders at the school, would hang out in our classroom um, to help out or whatever they were doing. And they just start laughing. And then uh, slowly everyone in the class starts laughing. And then... Uh, Somebody says, what are we laughing at? And the older kids are like, him. And they're pointing right at me, wearing my mummy apron and bonnet that <laughs> my mom sent me to school on. Um, so that was, uh, that was traumatic. Is there pictures of this? There's no <clears throat> pictures. Absolutely not. I if went we home, find it. I went home, <clears throat> and I took that costume off, and I slammed it on the ground on my mother's beautiful beige tile floor, and I said, this is enough. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? <laughs> I hope there's a picture somewhere of that. And then I, I never understood, uh, I, you know, and now as a parent, I get, I get it more, but we'd have costumes and they'd come with a mask. Seinfeld does a great bit about how, um, you know, you wear the Superman costume and then it's just pajamas. And it, you're like, this is, these are Superman's pajamas. And the Superman mask is just held together with staples and a little string string yeah. rubber band that snaps immediately. Um, it's one of my favorite bits that he does. Um, I did that costume with Orko from He-Man when I was oh, Orko, five that's or good. six. They come with the red hat? 
came with the red hat, but it was a plastic mask with the string. So I just remember a lot of costumes coming with masks, and you know, we'd buy the costumes, get dressed up. Like my mom is making the decision that yes, this is your costume, and then the second it's time to go trick or treating, you can't wear a mask. Well, what's the point of the costume? Yeah, and so we weren't allowed. And to wear masks, masks are kind of horrible. They're great for pictures, but to actually go to a party and you're screwed. You're, there's no socializing. Socializing. You're well, not breathing. I, it's great for me. I mean, yeah. not the breathing part, but the no yeah. socializing. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's for people with. Listen, COVID was my favorite uh, in terms of being out in public wearing a mask because the amount of times. My wife and I would be like, oh, we know who they are, and they don't know it's us. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I leaned into it a little more than I expected. I was more, but I, I definitely went through a deep sadness because I'm social. I have to have social to feel my best. Yeah. You, that doesn't, it's no. like some people need the sun <laughs> to be happy. God, that's good for you. I need a bowl of ice cream and a TV show to be happy. And you're good. And I'm good to go. God, um, that's a blessing. So yeah, so I, but I don't know what my favorite your f- yeah. costume would have been, um, but certainly that was a traumatic one. But again, like I said earlier, you know, but Halloween for me, the pizza, watching The Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, going trick or treating the next day. I mean, all of it, the vibe of the world and what they do. That's kind of your favorite part of it. Yeah, and I, I, again, so. Going back to the idea of a three-day festival, it's on the weekend. I know my wife and a lot of the fr- friends we have, parents, are like, you know, uh, we should just do trick-or-treating Saturday night before Halloween, and that's Halloween. And to me, it's like, man, there's something about the tradition of, look, it could be a Wednesday night. Yeah. And I'm at school, and I'm anticipating it all day. We're going out. We're going trick-or-treating. It is. It is probably their first experience of like a late night as a kid of going out. Yeah. Mm. Did that you is go, a special moment. So with COVID and everything and, and really having to take a step back from that stuff, did you take your daughter trick-or-treating last year? We did. There was 30,000 people in this neighborhood last year. It was insane. The year before was m- much more intense. Um, and I don't... Th- w- I think we tried, but it didn't didn't go over well. So, um, yeah, we went trick-or-treating this past year and then came home. And I had my kids watch Treehouse of Horrors because, um, mm. you know, again, this is the custom, the tradition. I want them to start. And they love the Treehouse of Horror oh, episodes. Yeah. Um, I think probably the two that stick out in my head the most are the ones where the uh, dolphins take over. <laughs> Um, and the Simpsons and the entire town end up in the in the sea at the end. Um, uh, that dolphins can actually talk like people, and we force them into the water, and now they've come back out. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the uh, the other is the Simpsons doing the Raven by by Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. That one was good. So good and so classic. I remember seeing that when I was a kid, and, I, and my kids watching it and enjoying it. Again, it, it it's what makes this, I think, a really special time of year. The season is turning over. Even here in Southern California, it's starting to get a little cooler out. Mm-hmm. You know, leaves on the ground. Um, you know, it, it's... 
It's a beautiful it sparks time. a lot of wonderful things. But um, more than anything, uh, I think that there is so much comedy in Halloween. <laughs> you know, absolutely. The Even scaring, the bad, the, scary the, movies, the costumes, the, the che- yeah. Oh, come on! It's the cheesiness of a lot of the Halloween movies. Return of the Living Dead is my favorite Halloween movie or scary movie, um, and it's like right down the middle from scary to hilarious. And the music's good. And it's not your typical zombie movie. They're kind of making fun of zombie movies. But the style and the makeup is extraordinary. So you get this vibe. And then you get these characters that are just bozos. And it's I love every second of it. Yeah. I mean, that's really the What's your favorite scary movie? My f- I, it's probably the original uh, Exorcist. Oh, that's definitely the scariest. I mean... That one scared the fuck out of me. They re-released it in theaters in like 2000 and... I don't know, 2001 or something. I remember with like a little bit extra footage. And so I went to see it in the theater. And I actually, when I was at home in bed, was scared. Yeah. So that to me... The the other was the first time I saw Blair Witch Project. I I was a camp counselor... Ooh. In Great Barrington, Massachusetts, went out with uh, some of my good friends. Um, Eric Finkelstein was there. Uh, always, he's like, you know, a recurring theme <laughs> of my Halloweens. Uh, my friend Brett and uh, our kind of friend Sam. And um, we went to go see Blair Witch Project and not really ex- expecting anything from it. Um, seeing this totally frightening movie. Oh, yeah. And then going back to a camp in the woods mm. and having to walk back to our cabins at night was just completely fucked. I actually, and I was 19 years old probably at the time. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Because it's right years when old. the internet's starting to take off. Oh, yeah. And I actually ran. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm in charge of children and I'm frightened right now. And I just ran. It was the, it was a perfect moment in history for that movie to come out because the marketing on the internet made it feel like it was realer than it actually was. Yeah. And it heightened whoever was behind that marketing was a brilliant genius. Cause and, now everybody's yeah, tried to do it. And, and remember it uh, they would come out of their tents or whatever, and there'd be a little rock twig set up yeah. that the witch would leave. Yeah. So my favorite part was like for the next three years, people doing that to each other. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. God, that one scared the signs scared the hell out of me because I lived around a lot of cornfields and with that alien coming out and say it's behind. Oh my god, that because I think after I watched that movie, I went back to a friend's farm and we were surrounded by cornfields and it was the scariest yeah spot to ever be after watching that. And then probably the original made-for-TV um, adaptation of it mm. because Tim Curry. Just absolutely frightening, but it's also Tim Curry. I mean, it's just genius. Genius. Well, I think... Is that a settled matter? It's a settled... Yeah. I mean, it's just the two of us, so it's enough. (laughs) I I like that we could keep going and going. But here's what I want to do. I think we should... uh, So we heard Happy Halloween. You want to throw in Ghosted at the end? You want to... Yeah. That's the one people are really drawn to from Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah. let's, Let's hear Ghosted. Want everybody to enjoy that. Want everybody to be safe out there on Halloween. That's right. And happy Halloween. 
Happy Halloween. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It again. I got a ghost in my phone book, it didn't treat me right I was waiting for a message, I waited all night Till the ghost finally came and left out of sight I got ghosted, ghosted I drove my limousine back home, sad and quite dreary Was about to fall asleep when I heard something eerie She says hello, it's me, Bob from last night My eyes are bulging out from this gooky, spooky sight Then tells me about the accident Like that she disappeared My heart sank deeper and deeper It was everything I feared Where did you go? Nobody knows Where did you go? Nobody knows Where did you go? Nobody knows Ghosted again. Am I just another friend? I got a ghost in my phone book. It didn't treat me right. I was waiting for a message. I waited all night. Till the ghost finally came. Then left out of sight. I got ghosted. Ghosted again. Where did you go? I got ghosted. Ghosted again. Where did you go? Nobody knows. 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 Where did you go? 